Welcome to the Dr. Wayne Dyer Radio Podcast. Discover the wisdom and remarkable insights of Dr. Dyer, world-renowned spiritual teacher and foremost authority on how the power of your mind creates your world. There's so much talk about uh, negativity and uh, the, the fear of uh, the financial collapses and all of these kinds of things that I, I've talked in the last few weeks about. You know, just not living in fear, Keep, keeping it isn't going to do you any good whatsoever, and it isn't going to change anything. Uh, and worrying isn't going to make any difference. So it's like be be one of the people who knows that, uh, just like it says in the Tao, that everything everything in the in the world of the ten thousand things is is cyclical. It goes up and it goes down, and built into all misfortune is good fortune, and built into all good fortune is is misfortune. So just watch it and be the observer to it, and know that you're going to be fine. That's such a great message and so needed Mm -hmm. right now, because like you said, with the economy, we've got the election looming and a lot of change. And, uh, you know, like you said, things going up and down. But I I believe you're right. Most things are cyclical and, you know, what goes up must come down. And, Mm -hmm. you know, we will definitely prevail, you know, through this. There's a a time for being exhausted, as they say, and there's a time for being at rest. There's a a time for everything. And uh, this is just the time for that. And it's uh, built into all of this uh, confusion and difficulty and financial uh, concerns and so on is uh, a kind of uh, stability that hasn't hasn't been there and uh, and we'll find that and we'll regulate it and we'll start uh, you know making uh, uh, making things work for us uh, at all levels uh, so th- those of you out there you know become part of the collective consciousness that says uh, whatever it is that's out there we can handle it and we can make uh, we can make this world the kind of world that we want it to be. I feel the same way about the election. And make exactly something good come mm-hmm. out of right. all and the something uh, Something very good things. is coming coming out of, of, of all of this. I'm positive of it. I heard uh, Carolyn Mace, one of our other authors, say that it's a divine chaos, that mm-hmm. in a way this is kind of a wake-up call for us and, and for a lot of people, like you said, you know, as a whole, we should all kind of, you know, wake up a little bit mm-hmm. to what's going on. I, I thought that was... Kind of pretty powerful what she said. You know, sometimes it I've takes always, a major thing to shake mm, people up. Yeah, but you know, on the other hand, it's like um, the the idea that to to believe that uh, that you need what you don't have, and that if if the things that you do have were taken away from you in some way, uh, our our connection and our attachment to our stuff and to our things and to our money and to our property and so uh, is it becomes to become the thing that defines us. And I, I, I just know, I've always known that they could pick me up out of a helicopter and drop me off in the middle of uh, the desert someplace in, in Africa or in Afghanistan or any place else and uh, have nothing in my pockets. And I would figure out a way to, to make that work for me rather than sit around and, and, and complain and cry and end up uh, collapsing or dying because, uh, because of my fear. You've got to know within you that you have built into you uh, the capacity to be able to handle anything that comes your way, and 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 all of your problems are not the uh, the, the fall of the economy and uh, the, all of the your the problems that people have are their attachments, uh, their attachments to their stuff, um, and and believing that without without it or if it's taken away or if it's not as valuable as it was or whatever that uh, somehow this has something to do with your your peace and your happiness and and those are just they're just memes they're. Uh, they're mind viruses that were planted there a long, long time ago. And you don't have to think that way and live that way. You, know, you, you can take a deep breath and uh, you've still got the sky and the moon and the sun and the flowers and uh, 
there's really not uh, there's not a whole lot out there to be depressed about and even if there are things that are going really really badly by you just getting yourself all worked up and anxious and fearful all you do is contribute to more of the malaise rather than the the, the resolution of all of these things that's so true so true very mm-hmm. well said too do you think people should also know that you know they're going to be okay and kind of put put that faith out there that it, it will resolve itself and, and you will have well, your needs met and... even if you're not okay it's okay you know whatever right. whatever's going to whatever it is that's uh, that's on its way and it's going, it's going to happen be one of those uh, people who uh, who knows that that you can handle it that uh, it's not going to be something that is going to destroy you because uh, you're not attached in that way and that lack of that absence of attachment allows you to um you know, to be at peace through all of it. And after all, that's all any of us really want. We just want to be at peace. That's true. That's so true. Something yeah. we can think about throughout the hour is sure. as you're talking to people. And we've got just about a, a full board of people jammed here. So let's go to the Okay, phones. let's go for it. Mm-hmm. And uh, we'll go to line one to start in Minnesota. And let's talk to Nick. Hi. You're Hi there. on with Dr. Hi. Dyer. Hi, that's Dr. Dyer. Um, first, I want to say... Thank you so, so, so much for what you do. Um, You're very welcome. I have to tell you real quick, I I suffered from major depression for most of my life, and I remember one day I was sitting down, and I always had PBS on in the background, and I was sobbing my eyes out, and all of a sudden I heard you, and for the first time I looked up, and I'm like, what is this guy saying? And I come from a family full of very anti-spiritual people, and... Mm -hmm. Something just snapped in me that day, and I started listening to what you were saying, and you changed my life from that moment on, so thank you so much for that. Oh, you're so welcome. And you know, it, it really feels good to know that, uh, especially with the, t- the things on public television, uh, that you put out a show and, and then, uh, you know, you, you, you sort of through with it, but it's out there, you know, reverberating and making impacts and, uh, and touching people's lives. Uh, I had a story of a woman who uh, had decided that she was going to uh, commit suicide, and she checked into a hotel with a gun, and uh, t- and turned on the TV just to just was going to be her last moments. And one of the PBS shows that I had done on uh, on changing her thoughts and changing her life came on at that moment, and she felt that that you know that that kind of a cue was all it was that she needed, and she put the gun away and uh, made a decision that she was going to devote the rest of her life to helping others instead of thinking about herself in, in terms of pity. That kind of thing, when you know that that's out there, that's, that's very, it's, it feels very wonderful to hear that, and thank you for that comment. Thank you. And so I've been, over the last four years, really working on staying present in the moment and mm-hmm. looking at things in, okay, I can do this, you know, what can I do to better serve mm-hmm. God in this? And I, I walked through my days saying, God, how may I help you? God, how may I how may I make this situation better? But I still find myself, like my friend always said to me, in the back of my mind, I'm self-sabotaging myself. I work really hard towards my spiritual goals. I'm building relationships, and such as I built what I felt to be a very good relationship uh, over the last year, and all of a sudden this person just decided, I'm not going to talk to you anymore, that's it, I'm done with you. And... In the back of my mind, I'm like, did I self-sabotage myself? And how can I, in the very back of my mind, stop myself from doing that and completely, like, get that old depressed voice in the back of my head to completely leave 
because I mm. worked so hard on ignoring it and just saying, okay, this is just a part of life. Let me keep going on. But mm. it is, I mean, it does, it, in the back of your mind, you can't help but to be like, oh, I worked so hard on building that relationship or I'm building that goal. And then to just have it kind of feel like it slips out from underneath you. It's really hard to remain focused. And I think that's right now where, where I'm struggling is to... Right not let that get yeah i and i hear your question uh, clearly and uh, and and i you know it's 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 about something that diane and i were talking about just a few moments ago it doesn't matter what you're attached to it, when it's the attachment itself that is the thing that causes the difficulty it isn't the breakup of a relationship but because uh, you, again all things uh, that come into the world of the material world of the 10,000 things including you including the person you're in a relationship with, including your automobiles and your surfboards and uh, your diamond rings and everything into and, and this universe comes uh, comes here, uh, and there's a cyclical nature to it. There's a, there's a time for being in a, in, in a, in a time of, of peace and love, and there's a time for, for being in the opposite. And if, if you can let go of your attachment to that, and w one of the things that you said uh, that struck me was that you worked so hard on this relationship. You worked so hard to make it uh, something that would last and so on. And the fact is that relationships that work uh, generally work because there is no work. Um, it, it's like if you're trying so hard and you're trying to make it work and you're trying to do all of the right things and, and follow, um, but what you're doing is making somebody else's then decisions about how they're going to react become the source of your happiness and your fulfillment and i would say to you the, the best advice that i can give to you is to make the number one relationship you, that you have in your life the top relationship to your life not to that person um not to yourself not to your children not to your family not to your community your number one relationship the the the, the place where you always go and commune with should be to God, to, to, to spirit, to the highest place within yourself. And I don't mean from something that is detached from you or, or separated from you. I mean from the very place that you originated, your source of being, that place, that, that place that allows you to think and to make everything happen for yourself in your life, go to that highest place. And there was a wonderful uh, observation by a great spiritual teacher who came over here from India in the early part of the 20th century. His name was Vivekananda. And Viv Vivekananda made this observation. He said, in the springtime, go out and observe the blossoms on the fruit trees. He said, the blossoms vanish of themselves as the fruit grows. And so too will the lower self, the false self, the ego, so too will the lower self vanish as the divine grows within you. And as you let the divine grow within you, in other words, you take your attention off of this relationship and what's in it for me and how happy am I going to be and is this going to complete and is this going to fulfill me, and instead put your attention on what Lao Tzu called living the virtues, practicing having reverence for all of life, serving others, wanting the love and the peace and the contentment and the security that you want for yourself, wanting it even more for other people around you, and live from those virtues, live from that place, where you get your ego out of it and your attachments to what you think that you need out of it and just begin to practice the serving and being gentle and being kind and being loving and just then begin to notice how much more flows into your life but how unattached you are to it and the absence of the attachment means that you just let it continue to flow and then you begin to see life the way it is it's because there are hills and then there are valleys and then when you're in the valley
There's only, and you keep moving because you have to keep moving. All things require movement of energy. When you're in the valley, the only place you can do is come out of the hill. And when you're at the top, the only thing you can do is head down into the valley. But you stay in that place of contentment where you just watch it. You become the observer to it. You're the noticer of it. And you're going to be at peace. Detach yourself from any idea that you are incomplete or in any way uh, less than sufficient because of the actions or thoughts or behaviors of another human being. Thank okay. you so much. Yes, and you made such a good point about staying um, with God rather than letting the things around you. Yeah. Yeah, that, that's the thing. Like, you, you think to yourself, well, this, you know, relationships is part of what our soul is here for is to make those connections, but you can't make those connections if you disconnect yourself from spirit. Absolutely. So just your number one relationship in life is to God. Uh, Dr. Dyer, I liked what you were telling our last caller in the last segment about that practice of detachment. And I think that's so important to mention that we not just kind of attach ourselves to worry and fear, which is so prevalent these days, as uh, we talked about a little bit earlier. So it's such mm. an important message to get out there. It really is. It's like when you think in the Course in Miracles, it says you, you have no no problems, though you think you have. And and the the problems that we have come from the way that the way that we think and process uh, everything that goes on in our life, and if you process it from the point of view that I need it, I must have it. If, if, without it, I won't be complete or I'll be unhappy. Whether it's a relationship, whether it's your finances, you know, whether it's uh, you know your any anything that you own at home, whether it's your job, any of those kind of things. If you can just just realize that that you're fine, that you're safe, that who you are is a spiritual being with uh, with with no form and no no beginnings and no ends and no boundaries uh, try to go there more frequently to that place that invisible silent peaceful place and just watch the comings and goings and the ups and downs and the beginnings and the ends just become more of the observer to it and you'd be surprised by doing that you get a whole lot more done than all of the worry and the anxiety and the stress and you guys can sit out there for the rest of your life and worry about what's going to happen uh, with the economy or worry about what's going to happen with all of these, uh, you know, these difficulties that we have. And, and your worry isn't going to do anything to change one, one iota of it. So the sensible person says, then if that isn't going to do anything that's going to help me, I'm going to take on a different stance. I'm going to go to a place of peace. Yeah. Right. And something you can control rather Absolutely. than worrying about what you mm -hmm. can't. Yeah. And let's go to a couple more calls here while we okay. still are early in the hour. Uh, this your neck of the woods here. Let's go to Michael in Maui on line three. And you're on with Wayne Dyer today. Hi, Mr. Dyer. How are you, sir? I'm great. How are you? You're on Maui? I am, I am wonderful. I want to thank you for one of the most wonderful weekends at your seminar. It was Truly incredible, not only meeting Ramdas, but doing hot yoga with you and mm. swimming in the ocean, even though you didn't walk on water. And it was just. It, it Are was you, I charge extra for that. That's, <laughs> that doesn't come with that. So you guys got to. And I, I wanted to, I just want, I wanted to ask you a question. I, I wanted to just very, very, and I'll be very brief. There was someone staying at the hotel where, where you know, we all stayed. And it was a couple sitting there, and the husband and wife were kind of arguing with each other. And they said to someone who had one of the badges showing that they were attending the seminar, 
the the husband said to the wife, you know, maybe we should buy one of those badges at the gift shop because everyone that has those badges is all walking around happy. They must be some type of special magic bees or something. So <laughs> I, I thought, wow, how, how cool is that? But I, I wanted to ask you, because I've been following you for 35 years and been to many of your seminars, and for anyone that hasn't, if, if you haven't, you, you definitely should be. I want to ask you about the, the old uh, philosophy of Kaizen, which, which mm-hmm. as you, you know, is you know, taking continuous, constant movements towards improvement. Mm-hmm. And, it, it, you know, I, I, I don't believe I've ever heard you speak about it, but... I, I, I'm just curious, is that, it seems to me like that's something that is a very, you know, root part of your whole philosophy of living and being happy. Mm. You know what, Michael, it is and it isn't. Um, it's, uh, it's again, I think probably the, 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 the place that defines enlightenment for me, if there is, and I don't think it's any place that you arrive at, but I mean, when you get to the highest place within your life, what my, my, my teacher Abraham Maslow called self-actualization, um, one of the, the, the great paradoxes of getting to, to this place where you feel you're living a self-actualized life, an enlightened kind of life, is that you have to learn to live with two opposite ideas in your mind at the very same time. And you've got to be willing to do that as long as you're in this world of the 10,000 things. When you leave it, I don't think that'll be an issue. But uh, while we're here, um, and, so, and so the thing that you talked about, the moving towards improvement versus living with contentment, okay? So if you're content, then you're not trying to, get, you're not trying to improve. But if you're not improving, then you're staying the way that you are. And so you have two opposite ideas, very much like the paradox that all of us are, the paradox that you are and the paradox that I am, which is I am here in, and I'm sitting here in this chair and I'm, I've got a, a microphone in my hand and I'm talking to people all, uh, all over the world on the, on the Internet and I have a body and I can see this body and I have uh, bones here and I have skin and I have eyeballs and, uh, you know, and all of that. And that's, that is who I am. And you can see where it begins and you can see where it ends and you can see where the boundaries are and, and, and so on. And then at the very same moment that I am that, I am also something else, which is invisible, which I can't get a hold of. It's these thoughts that I'm having and where are they coming from and, and what do they look like? And, uh, and what is making me move my mouth in a certain way and move my voice box in a certain way so that sounds come out and it sounds intelligent and so on. So at the same moment that I am a physical being, I am also a spiritual being. And you have to live with both of those. That, 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 uh, that, uh, and, and it's like Carl Jung addressed this so beautifully. He said, uh, at the same moment that you're a protagonist in your own life and you're making choices, so here you are, this being who's a protagonist, who's making choices in his own life. He said, at the very same moment, you're also the spear carrier or the extra in a much larger drama, and you are doomed to make choices. So here you are now, someone who is making choices, but you are also someone who is having all choices being made for you all at the same time. So it's always these opposites, these combining of opposites. And in the Bhagavad Gita, it says you must blend Blend these opposites. And so when I think about improving in my life, 
you know, I think about that the way I just described Vivekananda's quote. You know, when the, when you let the divine grow within you, what you do is you, you you if you think of yourself as a vessel or a container, there's only so much that can go into this container that you are. And as you let more of the divine come within you, and the divine is living the virtues. The divine is reverence for life. It's 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 kindness. It's thoughtfulness. It's love. It's serving others. If you let that become the, the, the you are improving. But at the same moment that you're improving and heading towards a more self-actualized life, you're totally content with where you are. And you've got to live with both of those. I don't know if that helps or if that makes any sense. Or no. But I have come to that place now where it's like I don't have to intellectually say it's either one or the other, or you're either right or you're wrong or whatever. It's like all possibilities are there. I, you know, I am male and I am female. I am evil and I am good. I am, uh, you know, old and I am young. Uh, all of this is like it's the oneness, getting to that place of oneness um, and, and allowing yourself to live from that perspective. Then you get out of all of those entanglements that you have in your mind about is this the right way to go? Am I improving? Am I not improving? And you're in a place of peace, and that's what the Tao teaches. Well, and I and, and I think, you know, you, you... As usual, you have such a succinct way of putting it because it's, as you always talk about, it's to be in control. You need not to be in control. Right. It it reminds me of 40 years ago, someone who I know you knew, who I used to go see all the time, Leo Buscalia in Chicago. Oh, my goodness. Leo was a dear friend of mine. I loved Leo. He was the one that really started this whole public television business and, and really... Uh, taught all of us how to go about doing that. He was a wonderful yeah. man. But but again, sir, I am so grateful for such a wonderful weekend. And I Wasn't it a great weekend? I mean, I must say that myself. I just uh, I think that there was life changing things happen. We've signed up again. We're going to do it here, right here on Maui next year at the end of October. Um, so think about uh, maybe making your plans now to come over here on Kanapali Beach. And I, I was actually supposed to leave yesterday. Maybe I'll stay another year so I don't so I can get a good seat. Why not? This is absolutely. You don't need <laughs> to be attached you. to that plane ticket. Okay, Thanks, no. Michael. God bless you, my friend. I love your story too. Thanks a lot. Appreciate Thank it. You. Okay. Bye bye. Bye. And let's go to Karen. We've got about six minutes left of this break. Sure. So we have time to go to Karen in Louisville, Kentucky, line two. And thanks for holding, Karen. Oh, thank you. And you're on with Dr. Wayne Dyer. Okay. Hello. Hi. Thanks for taking my call. I'm an avid fan of yours and have read, you know, numerous books of yours. Mm -hmm. And and I get the whole, you know, how it's supposed to work with the attachment and, you know, being detached from things. Mm -hmm. And, but with my job, I'm still trying to, you know, I try to allow, you know, what's ever going to come in, it's going to come in and, you know, kind of go with what I have and, and love what I have and bless what I have and be thankful for what I do have. And yet, you know, I, I want to do something different. And I keep and waiting, that, you know, for something to come along, you know, some sign that's going to tell me, okay, you need to do this or, you know, you need to do that. And nothing's happened yet. <clears throat> and um, the reason I say that, you know, that I'm looking for something is because I've had coincidences, you know, happen in my life. So I know it's possible for me to create things or create miracles. Mm. And and yet with this, it's just, you know, I'm kind of there. What about the fact that you have uh, gone to the trouble <clears throat> to pick up mm-hmm. the telephone and dial that phone and then put yourself on hold with a real good chance that you probably wouldn't get in anyway because there's so many people calling in? 
But the fact that, the, that that you did get on with a certain amount of time left to go in this segment, and, you know, like all of the things that are happening now, why wouldn't you think that this is a sign, Karen, that, uh, that this sign isn't going to necessarily be something that's going to come from outside of you? Something, some kind of passionate something inside of you propelled you to make a, a very serious decision to dial that telephone and to wait and to talk about it and to present it on the air and so on that instead of thinking of that these signs that you're looking for that's going to direct you in another place uh, are going to come from a, a, an external source someplace, that within you is welling up uh, this internal desire to, uh, to make, your life, make something of your life that you haven't been making of it at this time that's going to give you fulfillment. And, and that that internal kind of passion, if, it, if I were to ask you what would it be if you had to decide right now, right in this moment, what would it be that you would be doing that you're not doing now? What what, what comes to mind? Uh, doing something for the greater good of all, uh, serving mm -hmm. others, uh, something to do with the environment, uh, with protecting animals, mm. something, and, yeah. helping others. And do you, mm -hmm. and do, you, do you need to be, making, <clears throat> to be making a living at doing that, or can you just... Uh... No, I, I do need to be making a living. And at that, though. It, it, it's something, yes. Yeah. Yes. So what I would recommend is that whatever you're doing now to be making a living, you have some kind of a job that you've been doing for a while, but it doesn't give you the kind of soul satisfaction that you're looking for internally? Correct. Or really the uh, money right now because of the business that I'm in and all the changes in the financial mm -hmm. market. Yeah. I would recommend that you that you begin the process of maybe staying in that place because if I, if you don't know quite how the, how the finances are going to come, because I know how the finances will come. They will come when you're when you're you're not worried about them and when you're when you have much more of your focus on the things that you just described, uh, making oh. the environment better. I would take uh, the, today. I would just take today and and go out there and do something. Um, that is in harmony with or is consistent with what it is that you see yourself doing and feeling fulfilled at it and, and doing it with some great amount of passion, whether it's just going over to helping somebody, uh, helping a neighbor out or, um, you know, going through a, a, a section of a highway in Louisville and, um, you know, and cleaning it yourself or whatever it might be. Uh, right, right. That if you, just, if you just did some of that and, and then just check how you feel when you're doing that, and then as you as you begin to say, okay, then you know I can not only do this, but I can do this uh, I can do this and make a living at it as well, and get that vision. And what I always tell people is you've got to hold the vision. The problem that we most of us have is that we say, okay, I got to have a certain amount of money. I've got to make this. I've got bills that I got to pay. And because I don't know quite how I'm going to do that, I let go of this greater, grander vision that I have within me, and instead I put my attention on what's wrong and what's missing and how much I don't have and how tough it's going to be and what if the money doesn't come in. And then the universe starts to offer you experiences that match up to that fear and to those lacks instead of to the things that you really see yourself as doing and wanting. And I was just right. saying, last night, saying last night at dinner, everybody's talking about this recession and how right. terrible right. it is and so on. And I never do that except to give it as an example. And I was saying last night, you know, I don't know if I can afford for this uh, uh, recession to go away because ever since they've been talking recession, I've been doing better and better and better and better. And um, maybe it's like if we get a really terrible, awful recession, you know, 
everybody in the world's going to have to go out and get my books and tapes. I mean, I know that sounds really it's kind well, of silly, but but it, but it is like, good that we're going through that because I think everybody is reevaluated reevaluated where they are and what they have, and do we really absolutely? Need this? absolutely. And I've even and done that, all... the same thing too. With you know, do I really need to get an eye or a little uh, lip polisher or? pencil sharpener for your lip lip liner and I left mine at home and I thought well no I'm not going to go buy one because I really don't need one you know yeah, it's like letting go of this. Yeah, again, yeah. The, the idea well, so, that we have to have more. We have to have yeah. more. That's the ego. I always thought. To find out more about Dr. Wayne Dyer or any other Hay House author, please visit hayhouse.com. Thank you for listening.